Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's channel. I'm your host Sri Ayer. I have today a new guest, Professor P R Mukund, and he is like me, an electronics engineer, and he has been living in the United States. But he has written a book that is, I'm sure, going to create quite a few ripples. And I'm just going to introduce you. Uh, Professor P. R. Mukun. But before I do that, let's welcome the guest of the day, Professor P. R. Mukun. Professor Mukun, Namaskaram and welcome to P. Guru's channel. Namaste. Thank you, um, Professor Mukun. I'm just going to give a brief bio of you, sir, for viewers because you are coming on our channel for the first time. So indulge me while I just go through the bio. You have a very impressive uh, track record here. Uh, Professor P.R. Mukund is an electronics engineer who has spent 36 years in academia and six years in the industry. He is a globally acclaimed expert in the field of analog and radio frequency integrated circuit design and has led many research projects for both the government and the semiconductor industry. He has published extensively in international journals and conferences worldwide. Professor Mukund is also a student and teacher of Vedic science and spirituality and guides hundreds of people in every aspect of life. In 2006, he started Tara Prakashana, a non-profit trust that has saved thousands of palm leaf manuscripts through the use of modern technology. His work has been reported in major news outlets such as BBC, MSNBC, CNN, The Times of India and other publications. Now, today we're going to talk to Professor P.R. Mukun about his latest book. And Professor Mukun, Namaskaram, sir. I'm sorry it uh, took me a long winding intro. I didn't want to leave anything out as much as possible. You have a very impressive track record to be an electronics engineer in the fields of semiconductor. By the way, I have worked in semiconductors too. My last job uh, was in a company called Symer, which then has become a part of ASML now. So okay. you, you kind of know the, the, the other side the guys who make the scanners and so on and so forth. So, um, Professor Mukun, let's talk a little bit about your latest book. And I'm going to start by asking you, what prompted you to write this book, sir? I, uh, like you said, um, I have been uh, in academia for more than three and a half decades. And uh, a reasonable percentage of my graduate students, you know, PhD, master's students, uh, do come from India. Uh, I'm a uh, professor at uh, RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology in Rochester, New York. And um, so when I observe these young people, you know, uh, generation after generation, I noticed that there was a very steady uh, change in their attitudes and understanding of our own culture. And more than anything else, uh, I think the most, uh, uh, I don't know if I want to say impressive because uh, more obvious, you know, the most obvious uh, change was in their own defini definition of what success is. So when uh, you and I came to the United States, uh, you know, a few decades ago, our definition of success was different. Um, you yourself, I know that uh, you have multiple patents, you're a very successful uh, tech technologist. And I have my own resume, <laughs> but, but, the, but for both of us, the fact that very fact that we are sitting here talking to each other shows that for us, it was more than those things. It was some life was bigger than that. 
And I noticed that as a generation upon generation of uh, graduate students coming from India, I noticed that their definition of success has changed a lot. And when they actually get a job, um, they're not so, it's not so much their love of uh, the subject, uh, it's more a job, you know. So I decided that I should write a book about, uh, there are two aspects to this. One is the definition of what is success. And the second part of that, of course, is how do you go about accomplishing that in life? So that's the reason I wrote this book. Now, um, you have a fairly impressive release coming up on the 23rd. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? And I think you may have some other releases scheduled across the country. And also, uh, we are going to have you join our Tamil channel and uh, talk to us about the book in Tamil also. So let us start with the 23rd event. You have two very big personalities gracing the occasion. You have uh, director uh, Vivek Agnihotri and also the Tamil Nadu BJP president K. Arnamalai. Talk to us a little bit about, uh, they, they, these two are very busy individuals and uh, I mean, <laughs> that's that very impressive that you could pull in so much, so many uh, stars as a matter of fact, because that, that gives a lot of validity to the book itself and the thought process behind writing the book. See, I, I'm writing more pulp fiction type stuff these days, so I'm not even going to <laughs> say I'm a writer anymore. That is where I am these days. But just talk to us a little bit about when the book was published, where the book can be uh, purchased, and also for those who might be interested in attending it in person, what the event is going to be, sir. Sure. Uh, actually, the, uh, the first release happened in uh, Bangalore uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there were three people who, who were guests of honor. Uh, Sri Tejasvi Surya, who is the MP from Bangalore South. and. Uh, uh, there's a lady here, you probably know her. Her name is uh, Shefali Vaidya. Uh, oh, yes. She's oh, yes. I met her. Yeah. yeah. So Shefali Vaidya was there. And uh, Mr. Mohandas Pai. Uh, Mohandas oh, Pai yeah. is the former Infosys director and currently the chairman of uh, Manipal Group. So yes, yes, yes. They yes. came and a couple of weeks ago that happened here in Bangalore. And this is the second release we are doing in Chennai on uh, Saturday, this coming Saturday. Uh, it's going to be in a venue. Uh, I'm from Bangalore. I'm not very familiar with Chennai, but uh, there is a, I'm also into Carnatic music, by the way. So I had heard of the venue, even though I've never been there. It's called Krishna Gana Sabha in Chennai. It's a beautiful uh, place, Mailapur. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, so that's where it is. And the guests of honor, there are two, um, like you already said, I think. Uh, Shri Vivek Agnihotri, who uh, I think everybody knows him now, <laughs> especially after Kashmir Files fame. <laughs> um, you know, he's a well-known author, actually. Uh, and also, they, he had made another movie, which is very, very nice, called Tashkent Funds. Yes. So he's yes. a thinker. In addition to a director uh, and an artist, he's also a deep thinker. And uh, th that's the reason I felt that he would be very good to talk about this book. Uh, Shri Annamalai, uh, of course, uh, comes from the political world. But the thing is that uh, there are two types of politics, uh, in my opinion, humble opinion. One is people who do politics for self and people who do politics for outside. 
uh, in Sanskrit, we call it Pindanda and Brahmanda. So, so one, is, <laughs> one is for the self, benefit of the self. And some people do that. Some people do politics for the benefit of society. And uh, I think Sri Annamalai gave up a very successful police career to get into politics. Uh, I think uh, because he believes in doing something good for country. So I felt that uh, these types of people are actually successful in my, defin my definition of success and the definition of uh, success in this book. That's why I think that they're very, very good representatives, what I'm trying to convey in this book. And uh, so it's at 6 o'clock Saturday. Everybody's welcome. It's open. And anybody in Chennai or anywhere else, for that matter, uh, are very much welcome to attend the session. Oh, I have no doubt it's going to be a huge success, sir. Uh, Mr. Anamalai has been, uh, uh, in fact, he has been drawing crowds upwards of thousands. So. That, that's going to be a roaring success. Uh, Professor Mukan, you kind of piqued my interest when you said that you're interested in Carnatic music also. Um, walk us through a little bit about, you know, do you practice? Are you a singer or you, you play no, any no. instruments? Sir? No, not at all. So, you, you, uh, so you're a Rasika? Or, uh, I'm a Rasika. Uh, what happened to me was that um, I'm not trained uh, formally in music. However, I was exposed to it from a very, very small age uh, because uh, I'm talking about in the early 1950s. I was born in 1952. And uh, so in those days, I come from a large family. Uh, my parents had uh, 10 children and I'm the ninth. So there's no babysitting and all that. So if my mother wanted to go listen to music, she had to haul a couple of kids with her, right? So uh, the Ramnavi celebration in Bangalore used to happen like uh, one month. So I don't know how many concerts I listened to from the time I was born. And the other good part is a couple of my sisters were also actually trained and my mother, they were all trained in Carnatic music. So on the way back, they would uh, critique what they heard. So I heard the critique uh, from the time I was a little baby, actually. So that's how I fell in love with Carnatic music. Um, my favorites are actually <laughs> the old ones like M.D. Ramanathan and, uh, um, you know, Sebangudishin Vasayar and people of that generation. Um, but uh, it's just a love of music. But, you know, if I may say, there's a, you know, very strong connection between uh, what one might call spirituality in English uh, and Nada, music. Uh, after all, one of the Vedas is Samaveda and uh, for a good reason. So if one doesn't pay attention to Nada, it is a part of Omkar itself gone. Because if you look yes. at Omkar, there's, there's A, O, Ma, and then Nada. That's very much a part of the Bijakshara. So in our whole way of thought, music, Nada, is an integral part of understanding something. So I feel that uh, anybody who uh, attempts to understand the Vedas, to a little extent that we can, uh, should also have at least a reasonable understanding of Shastriya Sangeeta, classical music. You know, uh, you you and I are, I feel like we are doppelgangers because a lot of things that you said have happened to me also. My wife runs a fairly successful Bharatanatyam uh, school. And, uh, you know, Bharatanatyam is very tightly coupled with music. It is uh, a feast to the ears and to the eyes. 
and and Correct. we are right now having an arangetram season where we have an arangetram every saturday and every sunday in the bay area because you know two years everything was shut down and people are coming back so there is a bit of a uh, you know Rush. catching up that we are doing wonderful uh, music and uh, dance and things like that sir one thing that uh, when my when uh, my children were young they used to learn western music you know they were they were learning shastriya sangeetam they were also learning western like they were learning to play the piano and flute and so on and what i you know was amazed was at that time my gyana of shastriya sangeeta is not as much as it is now because i've seen a lot more arangetrams and music has become much more of a integral part of this and i understand the nuances much more and and i was surprised that you know the the early musicians in india figured out that when you talk about you know the seven notes right uh, 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 do re mi fa sol la ti in western or sa ri ga ma pa da ni sa that the re you had three different Uh, uh, variations and the knee also had three different variations this does not exist in the western classical music western music sheet music doesn't have that and they tend to kind of brush this off as saying these are quarter notes not true not true because you listen to madurai maniya here swara chakravarti the way you would go about doing that stuff it's a treat to the ear and and, and this is because we figured out that our ear were much more tuned to variations in a small band than the other notes so i can go on and on and it's so mathematically precise you Correct. you start learning carnatic music or hindustani music the mathematical background foundation is so precise it is just mind blowing i mean nobody had sheet music right it was just tapasya i mean it is just practice practice Correct. practice that's how they did it it it's just incredible even today even today any concert i don't see people playing carnatic music with a sheet music in front of them it is just that they know when when somebody ins somebody will yan to make sure that everything appears whole you, you you've seen that so there is such beauty in this unfortunately we have not been able to show this uniqueness to the world yep you're right can i add something to what you said please 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 Go ahead, sir. I, I want to give you one dimension of the Saregama Padani. Uh, our music, as you know, uh, the beauty of the music uh, is not just in the notes, but also in gamaka. That is the transition between notes, yes. and the transition between notes is very important. Now, keeping that in mind, let me humbly share something with you. If you look at the sunlight, after all, all life, all energy on Bhumi and on Earth comes from the sun. Music, Sare Gama Padani, seven notes, and the sunlight that gives us all the energy. We learned when we were small children that there are seven colors, going from red to violet. it turns out that the energy coming from the sun is related to the seven notes for example if you look at the red color which is the lowest frequency the red you know just like light energy also has color the entire vedic science is the 
science of energy. Whereas the Western science that we study is mostly the science of matter. It's not that one is more important than the other. There's matter, there's energy, both are important. But our people spent a lot of time for tens of thousands of years thinking about the science of energy. And that I believe is actually the Vedic science. Anyway, so if you look at the very first step in that frequency range, the lowest frequency is red. And in the Vedic thought process, the red color represents karma design. So what happens is that, like even when you, uh, for example, uh, you know, when people are tuning before a concert or something, they go, you know, they, they're going like, right? So here, all of us, all of us, the entire humankind, we are blessed with that first note or the first color that's it which is desire because we all all of us have the desire the karma for something whatever it might be and then just like in in Karnataka music what we call arohana and avrohana right the ascending thing in any raga yes in life in life the question is what so if you go you know if you look at all the seven colors right so what is the next one? Well, the next one is what in English they call it orange, but I prefer to call saffron. That is Vairagya. So the very first step in sadhana is going from karma to Vairagya. So not to get rid of karma, that's very much part of life, but to go from, from karma to Vairagya. So I don't want to bore you with all the seven things, but I, I just wanted to say that those the energy that comes from the sun not just light. so if you go all the way i'll jump to the very last one the violet the violet is you know we refer to krishna as neela megashyama and the yes. neela, that neela varna, that neela varna that i can perceive there's also ultraviolet coming from the sun so similarly right. the, you know there there are energy is above what I can perceive. However, my life and its music, if you want to call it that, if it doesn't have to be apasvara, then it has to transition properly between those two things. And the question is, where is the thai? Where does it stop? And we all have one thai. And if the thai, the stable spot, always is uh, you know, always the red, always the karma, then you don't go very far. Incredible parallel that you drew between music and sunlight. And I have no doubt in my mind that this book will enrich the lives of those who wish to read it. And, and Professor Mukund, I'd like to invite you back on our channel, uh, maybe about two, three weeks from now, whenever you are back in uh, uh, the United States or where you have a little bit more stable Wi-Fi connection, because there are there are topics that I can examine to some depth. And I'd like to do one about the, the similarities that you just kind of, you know, you hinted, you got me up, you, you whetted my appetite 
and and now i'd like to get into it a little bit more deeper see p gurus is an intellectual channel i'm not trying to see i stay away mostly from bollywood i am trying to create an india where they have this organized thought skill for that organized thought be able to do critical thinking read this read that but you make your own decision don't uh, try to say that person said so therefore it should be right no 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 you do the tapasya you do the check you do you look at everything and say this is what i consider is right and that is a skill in itself because that will hold them in good stead in life sir thank you so much it was wonderful enriching and uh, i wish you all the best for your program on the 23rd i have no doubt in my mind this is going to be a roaring success and once again uh, dhanyosmi that uh, you found time to connect with me sir thank you so much namaskara namaste